Alrighty, Coralina Ganana, thank you for joining. Uh, today we have Brie West with us. Uh, she's a social media marketer. She's a digital nomad uh, coach, if you want to call it, uh, helping people to get into digital nomads, uh, to start their own kind of passion business and their way, uh, the first step in the journey. Um, Brie, thank you so much for joining. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. Pleasure. Um, all right. So let's try to dive into it straight away. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself, tell our community uh, about Re and how you basically started. Sure. Um, so I've been a digital nomad for the last few years, but I didn't start out that way. Um, I actually lived and was like raised in the United States and I really wanted to travel, but While I was in university, I was on athletic scholarships, so we weren't allowed to travel because you had to be in training full year. Mm-hmm. And yep. I graduated a year early, and I was, like, so determined to take a gap year. And my dad, being the very practical, loving man that he is, was like, no, no, no. Um, <laughs> like, you need to start working on your master's. So instead, I actually just looked for programs abroad. And I applied for a program in Vienna, Austria. And the next thing I know, I'm on a plane going to get my master's in a country, you know, halfway across the world. But I absolutely fell in love with Europe. I fell in love with the ease of traveling over here and decided that I just did not want to go back. And my life kind of changed after that. I started traveling as much as I could. Uh, I started a website. It really started off as just, you know, something fun to do and keep family involved so that they could keep up where I am and what I'm doing then it kind of turned into you know people wanting advice so then it kind of started to turn into you know like tips and tricks and recommendations travel reviews and then when COVID hit uh it kind of made me really shift to I don't want to do this just for fun anymore I want to do this full time and have like the freedom and flexibility that it would allow me to have my own business and be able to travel because my partner is actually a professional hockey player. So we kind of move around a lot. And during COVID, we were apart. We were in different countries. So it was a nightmare trying to see each other. And I kind of got to the point where I was like, you know what? I just, I need the freedom and flexibility to be able to do what I want to do, but have that location independence and be able to move. So I had a colleague at the time actually tell me, you know, like, have you looked into monetizing your travel stuff? Like, you know, people are coming to you for recommendations. Have you looked into this? So I kind of started to look into monetizing my website and I actually got really lucky. I had a few brands and people reach out to me to do some content creation for them. And I hadn't done that before. I mean, photography has always been a passion of mine. My dad was a photographer, so I, I loved it, but you know, I, I had no idea how to do it for brands. Uh, so mm-hmm. that was a bit of a learning curve and kind of like a, Oh wow. Like, You know, it's usually people want to like learn how to do that teaching. Then they start pitching. Like I just, I had it the complete opposite way. I had people reach out to me and I was just like, oh, okay, so we're going to learn this really quickly. Um, but it, it was great and I loved it. So I think that kind of started my passion for the content creation, which I'm still doing today. It is one of my absolute favorite things that I get to do, you know, work with travel brands and hotels and tourism boards. And then it kind of turned into other people seeing what I was doing and they were interested in my travels and they wanted to know how I was doing it, what I was doing for income. And I just started getting so many questions about being a digital nomad that I thought, you know what, why not create a course that can actually help people? Because like, it was just so many people all the time 
asking me these questions and I was like, I'd really like to create something that actually helps them. So I sat down and created a course in a few months and that is not easy, let me tell you. But um, the real value is that I actually do coaching and consulting. So it's one-on-one and I work with each one of my students individually and we map it out from start to finish on how they're going to transition from the nine to five into a digital nomad. So the program itself is obviously the same, but how I work with each student is completely different. It's completely an individual journey and program. And, you know, one of my students, she made the transition in less than three weeks. It was insane. But then I have other students that I've had for months and months and, you know, one of them actually just recently called me and was just like, hey, I've been doing this, but you know what? I'm just not loving it anymore. I'd like to do a complete like redirect of my life. So I sat down with him and I was like, okay, you know what? We're going to shift our focus and we're going to go back through what it is that you would like to do. So I don't like leave my students, you know, like I'm, I'm literally a resource for them for the long haul. It, they can always come mm-hmm. back to me. They can always come talk to me and I think I just absolutely love it because for me making that transition and having that freedom and flexibility and getting to do something that I actually love to do every day has been life-changing. Wow. Wow. What a journey. All right. Yeah. (laughs) It's a lot. Um, (laughs) Absolutely. All right. So I have a couple more questions. First of all, let's talk about, let's go to the beginning. I always like to do that. Um, okay. obviously you've been to like you uh, finished uni uh, you already kind of have the path you know your path uh, going on and you completely kind of cut everything and did your um, thing right yeah um, yeah so <laughs> I was the girl who was I have my 10 year plan my 15 year plan my 20 year oh, plan yeah. and I was always 10 steps ahead of where I actually needed to be and then cut to you know about seven years ago eight years ago and I was like oh we're gonna do a 180 and not do any of this so I think that was I think that was a bit shocking for my parents just because I had always you know like had my head on straight I was very determined very focused like and I knew what I wanted to do and I just was like alrighty um I mean to be fair my degree is in uh counseling clinical psychology so the way that it's set up in the system over in Europe is completely different than it is in the States. So there were some like logistic factors that made me realize that as much as I loved it, I wouldn't love doing it here. So I think that was another big change for me, you know, like just because you love doing something, it's not always going to be the same everywhere that you are. Yep. So, but I, I, I really did. I, I did a big 180 and just kind of completely flipped the script on my life. Wow, yeah. Um, all right, let me dive down, let me dive deep a little bit into the parent kind of issue. So obviously support of the family, your friends, um, obviously your parents are something that is really important when you're a kind of go to a journey. It's like big thing, you need everything, everyone and any kind of support that you can get. So how is affected? Like how they got it? My parents are amazing. I love them so much. They honestly, like, I mean, they're very logical, very, like, well-thought-out people. So, of course, they have their concerns. Of course, they worry about me. And, you know, they want what's best for me. So, of course, they. I think they had, like, their hesitations. And 
still to this day, they're just not always so sure about like, is this going to be sustainable long-term? Is this yeah. going to be something that I can do? Or like, can I actually support myself, you know, long, long-term in the future? But I've got to hand it to them. They are the greatest parents on earth and they are always supportive. And, you know, they're, they're the ones who are cheering me on, but like, they give me that support that I know that, you know, like if I fall, they'll catch me that they're, they're going to be there to help me and, you know, encourage me to keep going. And honestly, when it comes down to it, if I'm happy, that's all that really matters to them. So major shout out to Jeff and Tracy. They're the best parents. Gotta love them. Amazing. All right. Yeah. Um, Now, after you started, you already took the step. Um, What was the first thing that kind of, you know, you did? You did it like as a side gig with uni when like doing your master's? So um, actually, I was working in a school. So um, I started working with a school while I was doing uni and working in like in counseling centers and working with kids. So I kind of had that when I graduated that I continued to work in these international schools for a while. Um, and I kind of started my website just as a hobby. Honestly, it was just to keep up family up to date yeah. with what I was doing, where I was. Um, and then when the coworker was kind of like, hey, you know, you can monetize this in like a lot of different ways. I kind of started to look into that. And that's when I sort of started also to make the transition to like, what can I start doing remotely? So I actually looked into becoming a certified independent travel agent. So I did that for a year as well. And that was when I was, I was still working in the school. I was still coaching. I was doing my travel agency business and I was building my website. So it was a lot of stuff, but honestly, you know, I I had the stability and that gave me the courage to kind of like go full in down the road because I had time to like build it and learn and develop my skills before I kind of just like fully cut and run. Yeah. Now, okay, now that's lead us to fully cutting off. So when did you get to the decision, right? Um, or how? Hon- more honestly, it was like during COVID, being away from my partner and not having the ability to leave. And I have to say, like, I wasn't loving my job at the school that I was working at. We were mm-hmm. pretty understaffed. Um, like it just, it wasn't a great situation and I was just not happy with life. And when it came down to it, because my partner moves all the time for hockey, I was like, I've got to find something that I can do that I can have consistency for myself, but that allows me that freedom and flexibility to move with him. So, I mean, a lot of hockey wives, you know, they don't necessarily have to work or they do something online. Like it it really comes down to one of those two options, because if you're moving every single year to a new place, finding a new job constantly is just exhausting. So it really comes down to either you don't need to work or you do something that you can do remotely. And the remote path just it was perfect for me because, I mean, I love to travel and that's what I wanted to do with my life anyway. So having the ability to travel but not have to necessarily like leave the office or stop working like yeah was perfect for me in my mind I was just like you know what I don't want to have to like take a week off of a vacation to go do something like I'd rather work and vacation at the same time honestly yeah and don't get me wrong like I I can take weeks off and I've done it like I have gotten to the point where I was like you know what I need a week off and I just like peaced out for a week and took a vacation no questions asked it was lovely but most of the time, I'm working while traveling. <laughs> yeah. 
Now, this is something that is really like kind of big. All right. So in the beginning, especially when you're working so hard and the reward from this specific business, right? So forget about all of the other things, financial, whatever. We're talking about like sacrificing so much for one thing, right? And you want to see the return. So when you just started, what was the situation over there? Did you saw like, did you started to monetize it straight away? Did you... How did it grow up? Um, yeah, no, I mean, in the beginning and still, still today, like, I mean, uh, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, I worked 11 hours a day for six days, right? But, you know, like sometimes I get on these hot streaks and I'm so motivated that like, I just, I go, go, go. And it actually is fine. But as long as you're not having to do that all the time, you're probably not going to burn out. But if you do that too much, obviously you will deal with burnout, yeah. which is a huge problem that people face in this lifestyle because- when you shift to this, you kind of are on your own and you kind of have to do it all yourself. So you really need to find those boundaries, those limitations for yourself. But in the beginning, like you absolutely need to be ready to put in the work because I always joke that people, I'm like, yes, we're going to let you leave your nine to five, but it's going to become like a seven to 11 for a while while you're making this transition because you've yeah. got to put in so much work in the beginning and it can take a while to start paying off. And I mean, like I said, I, I think that it was a really lucky situation for me that I actually had other people reaching out to me in the beginning. So I was actually making money and I was having income streams. Plus I was having, you know, my work at the time. And when I first made that transition, I had, you know, a lot of savings saved up and i mean that's kind of another thing i learned from my parents i always have a savings um which i, I do tell digital nomads like you don't have to have one but like man that safety net is such a great yeah. thing to have so you know try your best to have a savings and then you know work from there but i think i got lucky because i had some income coming in when i actually first made the transition but it it takes a lot of time to actually build up to where you're getting that consistently but um, my, one of my number one tips is like diversification of multiple income streams because sometimes this hot and sometimes it's not. So mm -hmm. having multiple things also gives you a little bit of that safety net because, you know, if one thing isn't working, but your other ones are, you're not yeah. left high and dry. Yeah. And don't put your eggs in one back. So kind of thing. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So you obviously get in a lot of digital nomads in general and especially beginners, people that just jumping in or making the transition. So obviously it's come with a lot of challenges. What is like the most challenges that you, or the most, I don't know, common challenges that you get in your way over there? Um, I would say there's probably three. The first one is kind of, like I said, um, making that transition to realizing that, especially if you're building something for yourself. So not just a remote work or, you know, like working for a company that's safe, but like if you're becoming a freelancer or, or an entrepreneur and starting your own business, it's kind of that shift of, I am now in charge of my failure or successes. Like I have to know every part of my business, the ins and outs, I mean, when I was setting mine up, I had to learn how to build my website. I had to learn how to code. I had to learn, you know, SEO optimization for my writing. I had to improve my writing skills for content creation. I had to improve my photography skills, my videography skills, my editing skills. I had to learn how to pitch and negotiate with brands, um, you know, like 
for each of these things, there's so much that you have to learn and you're on your own. So I think making that adjustment and that shift of your mindset to, I really need to do this because it's me or nobody else um, is something that some people kind of struggle with. I mean, thankfully I've been somewhat too independent in my life. So I think it kind of wasn't horrible for me, but even as myself, who is a honest control freak and wants to do it all herself um it's it's still a lot and it it can be very overwhelming it can be very tiring that you are the one who has to put out every fire or deal with every problem or learn something anytime something goes wrong you know it's it's just a lot um i would say number two is like having a sense of a community um you know like fighting off loneliness uh mm-hmm. it, it can be difficult when you're constantly moving and um you know I'm not a person who gets homesick very often like honestly in the last seven years I, I was really only homesick during COVID and that's because I wasn't able to go home at all for two years but you know like having friends who are constantly moving or you know you finally get a social group and then someone leaves or you leave or something like that and having to constantly find new friends make new connections and yeah while you while you want to nurture these connections that are all around the world you know like it's really hard when everyone's in different time zones i mean like it's beautiful that i have friends all over the world in all the different time zones and i think that's an amazing and unique experience that digital nomads really get to have but then again you're not with these friends all the time it's really hard to keep those connections up and not seeing your family and friends back home and missing out on a lot of like big life events is also something that I don't know if people are necessarily ready for, you know, I've missed a lot of weddings. I've missed a lot of baby showers and like, you know, milestones and friends and family's lives. And I'm never going to get those back, which is really sad, but it has to be something that I'm building the life that I want. And I think I would regret also not going for the life that I want. So I'm, I'm very lucky that I do have, friends and family who are quite supportive and they understand and we make the most of it when we are together we make the most of it that we can like we'll schedule skype calls facetime calls you know send in checks like texts and stuff like that you know to check in on each other but it is hard like you are gonna miss a lot not being home and you know like you're gonna miss friends because you're not in one place to develop those long long long-term friendships so i think that is also like another really big challenge that people may or may not fully understand until you're actually in the moment. Yeah, yeah. And number three? <sighs> okay, so number three, I think actually comes down to just like being consistent and disciplined. Um, so you have to remember that like you do have to work. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like this is one of the things that a lot of my students struggle with. You know, they'll like ghost out on me for a few weeks and I'll have to check in and I'll be like, hey, like, how are things going? And they're like, oh, I'm having a great time. I went skydiving. I'm in a hot air balloon. I'm (laughs) swimming with dolphins. And I'm like, that's great. How's the business going? And they're like, oh, yeah. um, Yeah. um, I haven't really done a whole lot. I was like, how's the bank account looking? And they're like, yeah, that. Um, It's going down a little. I was like, maybe, maybe we should try to find that balance because. I mean, like, it is beautiful. You can do all of these things, but, like, you got to have the self-discipline and remember that, like, I'm still working. I still need to make a living to support this. So 
if you're the type of person who can work on a beach, more power to you. If you're the type of person who can, you know, work in a, like a busy cafe and be around this and still have the discipline, like you're going to absolutely just succeed beyond measures in this lifestyle. If you're easily distracted, you're going to have to like learn those boundaries and like really set time for yourself to focus on work. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so let me jump into the idea of the community. Obviously, this is what we're building. here. So community, obviously, it's one of the your like our way to connect and try at least do our best uh, to build those meaning, meaning less, meaningful. Sorry. I don't know what's going on with me. It's probably without the ESA. So yeah, I'm a little bit distracted. So basically, um, what are you doing to, like, how are you facing the idea of community? How you find more people? Um, and what are you doing to actually try your best again um, to build those relationships? So I actually have a whole guide on my site about how to like fend off loneliness and build communities. Uh, so I'll hit a couple of like the major high points. Um, one that I already talked about, you know, schedule with existing friends and family, you know, FaceTime, Skype, Zoom, text message, whatever it is, you know, we live in the digital age and you have a supercomputer in your pocket. You can call anyone at any time. So don't forget about that. And if you're ever feeling super lonely, just go ahead and give them a call. Um, number two, another digital age wonder is social media. There are so so many groups there are different apps there are different ways that you can meet people you know like I think I probably have 20 something travel apps that are for digital nomads female travelers solo travelers meetups hosting like whatever it is that you're interested in there there's going to be a group for it and you yeah. can also look up you know for expats in specific locations so when i moved to vienna i looked up expats in vienna americans in vienna and made connections through these groups you know so meeting other expats is also like a really good way to kind of get that sense of community because you're obviously you're just going to be able to connect and bond with them easier and that's yeah. not to say don't try to meet locals like absolutely meet locals do your best to like integrate and really get to experience the culture but to fend off loneliness like go for those expat communities because they're experiencing a lot of the same things. You're going to be able to relate to each other and just kind of like truly understand one another. So I think, you know, like finding expat communities is a really, really big help. And then um, the last one I would say is working at like co-working or co-living spaces. Um, literally two days ago, uh, my partner and I went to a co-working space because, you know, it was one I had been really like, I'd wanted to check out and it looked awesome. And I, I, really didn't have a whole lot to do like I mean I had a couple articles I needed to write to get prepped but I just kind of wanted to check out what the space was like and you know I was talking to people and I kind of was like getting their stories and like networking and it's a wonderful place to network I mean not just socially but like for business as well you can meet lots of people and network that way so I think that's another like great great resources find a co-working or co-living space and just network there yeah Right. Um, now that's get us to Vienna, right? Austria. Um, we didn't add Austria just yet in the show. So tell us a little bit about the place. How is it to be a digital moment over there? <laughs> uh, okay. So, I mean, Vienna is where I did my master's. So, I mean, this has kind of been my base, I would say, for the last mm -hmm. seven years. Um, 
it is no longer our base. We are actually officially giving up our apartment in one month. We haven't lived in our apartment in the last two years. No. I know I'm actually, I'm actually very sad because it's the only place in Vienna that has actually truly felt like home. It's beautiful. It's like all my stuff, but it just, we haven't been there in two years, honestly. Like I think we've spent one month, maybe two at most in the past two years. And it just doesn't make sense for us anymore. Um, I'm also trying to convince my partner that we need to move to Japan next year. Uh, so it just, it wouldn't make sense to keep it obviously. So, um, yeah. but it has been like really nice to have a base and, you know, some people, are kind of like, are you really a digital nomad with a base? And I'm like, the thing is, again, I haven't lived in my base for a really long time, but it's it's kind of something that, you know, a lot of people do, you know, some people travel full time and spend a month and then move a month and then move, or some people do slow travel and spend three months or six months or something yeah. and then kind of move. But a lot of people have bases and they travel, you know, six, eight, 10, months out of the year and then come back for certain parts and like kind of reset recharge and get ready for the next year and Vienna has been great for that I mean it's it's one like the best city to live in for I think six out of the last seven years that I've been here um there's a decent expat community I sorry all my Austrian friends I will say that locals are a little harder to get into I think it's just like the Germanic Bavarian type thing but, you know, like, if you learn the language, they become much friendlier and, you know, like, will at least start to work with you. But I will say that dealing with government and that kind of stuff has been really difficult. So that's something that a lot of people try to consider, you know, how easy you can work with the government and visas and stuff. And thankfully, I have an EU spousal visa, which kind of takes care of it for five years, which has been a huge, huge help. But, you know, like working with governments and all of like the technical stuff that you have to do, it might not be one of the easiest ones. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I've never felt unsafe. I've never felt that like I couldn't get something if I needed it, like when I've been sick or had surgery or needed something like top health care, top quality of life. I've got to give all of that to Austria. Like it, it has that for sure. Nice, nice. All right, let me take it to a little bit harder stuff. So you mentioned uh, government stuff, visas, bureaucracy, everything that we so love and appreciate. Um, try to uh, tell us a little bit what is the process, uh, and especially like Texas. What's going on with Texas uh, as well over there? So this is actually one of the things that made me want to keep my base. Uh, taxes become a lot easier if you're still a resident of a country, you know, so like I'm still a mm -hmm. national citizen of the States, but I'm a full-time resident of my taxes split between the two, but you know, you don't get double taxed. You just unfortunately pay the one that's higher and the other one's like, okay, cool. You've done it. Um, mm -hmm. but now that we are giving up our apartment, we're kind of debating on how we want to go about it because, while we have like so my partner's parents and stuff are still based uh in vienna um they're hungarian so they're kind of back and forth between them but we we still have a base there that we can kind of use as our base for taxes and stuff um and honestly that's helped a lot because we're not having to constantly change up our taxes in different countries no. or you know so and i mean like I think that's one of the hardest challenges and that's actually something that I'm working on to 
kind of find some resources. So if anybody in your community knows some really good tax advisors who specialize in digital nomad lifestyles, that would be great. Um, I know how difficult it is also. Yeah, like it's it's tough. Um, And I mean, like everybody coming from different countries also, because everyone has to deal with their home country, but then you have to deal with the rest of them. So, I mean, I think, I think I've kind of had a little bit easier of a route because I've only had to deal really with taxes in two places. Um, and thankfully with the States, I don't get double taxed. So it's, it's really, I, I pay the higher taxes in Austria and then I just send that to the States and I get either reimbursed or like, I don't have to pay anything or something like that, you know? So cool. it's not fun. It's not easy, but it could be so much worse. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, and starting the process. Sorry, it's one last question about drivers. I promise. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> um, starting the process of actually moving there or doing this still, you get like obviously automatic visa. Most of the people or most of the country, a uh, password give that right. Um, and if you want to stay, if you want to maybe to take a step in and actually make it like move completely uh, how you start what is the process try to give us a little bit about that okay so um i know a little bit about some other circumstances but i also have experienced four different types of visas actually so okay. when i first moved over i applied for a student visa uh so americans do get the three months uh yep. you know free visa so i can go over for 90 days no problem go out for a little bit, come back in kind of a thing. But for living purposes, I applied for my student visa. So for the first two years, I was on a student visa. After graduation, Austria has what's called a job seeker visa. If you graduate from an Austrian accredited university like I did, they give you one additional year to find a job. You know, you can stay in the country, you can do whatever you want, and it gives you this like time to kind of just look for something. So that was job that was visa number two was um, a job seeker visa. And while you're doing that, I think you have up to a certain amount of hours that you can work. It's not full time, it's part time, you know, just for like something that's not in your field. So this is the other thing is they really want you to find something in your field. In your field. Um, yeah. yeah. So then once I got my job, I applied for my like working visa. And there's a couple different ones. You have like specialized workers. You have what's called a Rotweiss which is red, white, red. Um, it's another basically full-time one. They have like a visa D. And I think there's one other one. And I cannot remember what it is. So there's different qualifications for each of these. So you have to kind yep. of look into which ones you qualify for. That, but they all allow you to work. And then my fourth one is the EU spousal visa, which, you know, just Hungarian and can live anywhere in the EU. Highly yeah. recommend it, guys. <laughs> Easiest one. <laughs> That's a good one, yeah. Um, Come to Europe right. and fall in love. <laughs> um, all righty. Um, tell us a little bit about, like, the place as traveler, like, as a tourist kind of thing. Um, obviously, you have, like, sorry, before that, the digital nomads, more important. Uh, co-working, uh, like, is it popular over there, right? It's, I wouldn't say it's necessarily popular, but like there's plenty of co-working spaces. So it's not like a digital nomad hub, but it's, it's a very like, I mean, it's a lovely city. So you, you're obviously going to have these because there's such a large expat community. 
So Mm -hmm. they want to cater to kind of the expats who may be working in different companies that aren't working in offices or something like that. So they, it's not a digital nomad hub. I wouldn't say it's a digital nomad hub because when I say that, I think, you know, um, like Bali has become such a digital nomad hub. Uh, Tulum has become such a digital nomad hub. Um, I don't know, like I'm drawing blanks at the moment, but uh, you know, Portugal, (laughs) yeah, 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 Portugal, (laughs) you know, huge. I wouldn't say it's on par with those. Like, it's definitely not, you know, a huge hub for digital nomads specifically. But there is a decent expat community, which means you're mm-hmm. going to have co-working and co-living spaces. And um, to be honest, I didn't utilize them that much just because I had my own place and I was working yeah. in different places and then I was traveling. But, you know, recently we've actually went to some. And as I said, I just went to one last week which was mm-hmm. amazing and beautiful. And I have a link to that on my website as well. And I'm actually starting a series all about co-working and co-living spaces oh, because all right. I've, like, you know, I've really wanted to try to like document these in my personal experiences. So it's like a whole new section on my site that I'm kind of doing reviews. So prices for accommodation, parking, you know, access to the city, services food all of that kind of stuff is incorporated so i'm just kind of nice. giving reviews about some of the best ones um but yeah i i would say there are options but i still wouldn't call it a digital nomad hub mm-hmm. all right that's cool um let's talk uh, tourism a little bit um like what is the vibe over there is it more like nightlife is it like more city vibe obviously i mean i i mean i would give it city vibe but like there there are definitely things to do in the nightlife i'm just not the girl to talk to it about <laughs> um, <laughs> Doris, gotcha. I, i think i had i think i had my party years too early and then i <laughs> kind of shifted into my grandma phase as my partner likes to call it I'm um I, I'll, <laughs> i'll go out with him or friends and stuff but you know nightlife is not my thing um i do have information on nightlife and i can give you recommendations and i know that they have a good nightlife that just wasn't my main scene necessarily um mm-hmm. maybe maybe you should talk to my partner about that he could tell you <laughs> um but i would say that it's definitely like one of the most beautiful cities i mean the architecture and the history and how well oh. it is preserved is insane like we have castles just scattered around you know like palaces just scattered around the city we have three huge palaces like it's insane that like the churches and cathedrals are stunning i mean but not only that like 50 if not more of the, just everyday buildings are stunning so you know waking up in the morning and looking out my windows the building across the street is out of a fairy tale it's It's just a beautiful, beautiful city. So, I mean, and there's so much to see and do. I, I tell people, like, you need at least four days to just kind of take off, like, the highlights of the city. You know, yeah. like, at least four days, please, to try to hit, like, just the highlights. Mm-hmm. All right. So, how is the food over there? So, we over here in San Pedro, really suffering from the food. Sorry about it. Uh, <laughs> how, is the food? how is the scene over there? coffee food uh so coffee is actually really good especially okay. Viennese coffee I was I was actually kind of surprised by this because you know some places are really you know oh the coffee's amazing and some have been and then some have been really big misses and I get there and I'm just like I thought this was supposed to be a coffee amazing place but 
I, I actually really, really like Viennese coffee, specifically like Viennese coffee. Um, my one complaint is they don't do like iced coffee here. If you ask for an iced coffee, it's going to come with ice cream. Really? Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and it took me like a few tries to actually learn that that, right. that was just always how it was going to come. I thought it was a weird thing that maybe I ordered it wrong. Um, my German's fine. So like I, I know what I asked for, but ice cream and ice are actually the same word. So I thought, you know, maybe it was just a misunderstanding, but no, no, that's, that's most that's places if you yeah. ask for like an iced coffee. That's what you're going to get is ice cream. <laughs> um, so I learned to start asking specifically like which it is and don't get me wrong. There are yeah. places that have it. It's just a lot less common and I love iced coffee. So yeah. that was a, that was a bit of a bummer for me. Um, food. There's a lot in Vienna. I mean, it's, it's, a huge city so obviously they're gonna have a variety um and i talk about that on my site you know like the munchers part of travel munchers is all about food so i have tons and tons of like restaurant reviews and recommendations and highlight lists um i'm a i'm a foodie i love food it's probably one of my favorite things about traveling is getting to try new things and i'm not afraid to try anything basically like give it to me and i will definitely try it at least once so I love finding weird dishes and, you know, unique things. Um, so I would say, like, overall, they have a decent variety. If you like Bavarian food and stuff, you're obviously going to be happy. Um, if not, you have your Italian food. Uh, you're going to have some Mexican food. I, I love Mexican food, so I've probably hit every single possible Mexican place in Vienna. <laughs> maybe a ranking of those. Um you know, like obviously less popular, but you're going to find some Greek places, some Russian places, some Indian places, you know, I think we even have like a Lebanese place. There's quite a variety of Asian places, which is my favorite food of category. So you do have a lot of variety and, um, you know, traveling the last few years, we've been kind of like in smaller places. So I've kind of missed that variety. So it's Mm -hmm. been nice to go back and forth every now and then and like, I have everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Try to give us your best. Like, what is the, your free best or most favorite uh, restaurant over there? Oh, hard, right? Yeah. I'm oh, trying to keep it like yeah. <laughs> um, I'm I'm gonna be biased because there's a place called Liu Liu, which is an Asian place, which is literally on the end of my street, <laughs> and I went twice last week. <laughs> so I went for a like Galentine's date with a friend who came into town. So I took her there. And then uh, when my partner came back into town, we went too because I was just like, once wasn't enough. And I had missed it so much. And it's amazing, like fresh, authentic. And the staff are the friendliest. Like I just, I love them. I adore them. And you know, it's a two minute walk from my front door. So I can't complain yeah. there. <laughs> um, I would say... the sad thing is is one of our favorite places actually just closed down so like i don't want to give it as a recommendation because they're not there anymore um oh my oh my goodness okay maybe give me like a category because a lot of my places have closed down since COVID. it was it was really sad to see how many places shut down actually and they were my like true favorites so oh this is this is tough this is tough um 
Yeah, I don't know. Can I just give you that one? Because like this is gonna be hard. <laughs> right. Yeah, we got one. That's enough. Leo, Leo. Okay, one. Cool. <laughs> Here we go. All right. Um. So first of all, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, that was really lovely interview. And as always, I always like give the couple of the last minutes uh, for you like to give kind of the I don't know approach to the nation. Um, so yeah, go ahead, David. Uh, tell us what you're getting into this year. So this year, I'm focusing a lot on the content creation and my academy. Um, you know, last year when I launched, I kind of, started out with like a soft launch just because I wanted to see you know how much work it would be with each student and I wanted to make sure that I could really devote as much time as I needed as I've had some students who kind of you know shifted away from really needing me that much I realized that you know I just truly truly love working with people and helping them so I'm kind of pulling back on the restrictions this year a little bit like I'm gonna take on a lot more students just because I really love the work and it's It's one of the most rewarding things that I do, honestly. So anybody who's looking to become a digital nomad, hit me up. I'm going to absolutely make your dreams come true. <laughs> And then uh, with the content creation, um, I know I have to laugh, but uh, one of the places that we're going is Tulum, Mexico for my birthday. Um, and I'm working with some hotels down there. Uh, I'm going to Zanzibar, Tanzania in three weeks. to work with two hotels and do a content shoot for a couple of brands while I'm there. Plus see a friend who just opened her Airbnb. So, you know, going to support her. Nice. Yeah. We're going to go back to the States for six to seven weeks to see my family and go to a family reunion. Um, have some content shoots already <laughs> scheduled for then as well. And then um, my partner and I are going to Portugal. Actually, we're going to Madeira, the island that's, you know, down by Africa. Also a press trip, um, working with some hotels there. But I, I'm really happy because we're just, we're crossing oh, off yeah. places this year. Yep. It's only so one year. Creation is, I mean, that's what you got to do. And like, honestly, that's just the tip of the iceberg. I'm kind of focusing on the hotel ones just because this is, how we plan the year out of where we're going to be. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I have a couple brand deals that I'm really, really excited for. And, um, you know, but like a lot of times I like to try to mix those with my hotel so I can get, you know, beautiful locations and stuff. Um, but I also do like UGC. So product photography behind the scenes, stuff like that. Um, so yeah, honestly, I'm focusing a lot on the digital nomad Academy and content creation this year. Beautiful. All right. Yeah. Um, so again, I'm going to thank you. Um, that was really, again, really fun uh, interview and another new uh, place that we, another new destination that we marked. Um, <laughs> so I appreciate that. Um, Coralina Canana, um, thank you again for joining us. Um, join our Discord. 